is the story of a lovely lady who was bringing up three very lovely... Sunday, Monday, happy days. Tuesday, Wednesday, happy days. Thursday, Friday, happy days. The weekend comes, my cycle humps. Uh, now I thought I'd share some of my favorite mom texts from you guys. Here we go. This first one's from uh, at D Atkinson 69. He says, I texted her, have a great day, love you, heart. She texted back, thanks, I will, but what does less than three mean? <laughs> this one's from at Mrs. Cruz Tomps. She says, my mom texted me, Aunt Mary died, LOL. She thought LOL meant lots of love. <laughs> Aunt Mary died, LOL. LOL. Yeah. Uh, this one's from at Heidi Ho, neighbor. She says, I received 12 consecutive completely empty text bubbles from my mom the other day. Apparently, she was trying to unlock her phone. This one's from at the real cog. She, uh, he says, my mom texted me, hello, son. This message took me 10 minutes to type. From at P. Mort Supreme, he says, my mom once texted my phone at home saying, hey, you forgot your phone at home. This one's from at Bailey Witz, she says, when I send my mom anything remotely funny, she replies, Ka, cackle like a hen. One. You made up one? Yeah. She's taking up a lot. She made up yeah. one. Ha. Cackle like a <laughs> This one's from uh, at Stephanie Legs. She says, my mom once texted me, can you come over? I want you to take a selfie of me. <laughs> that's not how you, that's what, I forget it. Claw. Not, not even worth it, yeah. Claw. I'm going to start using it now, yeah. Thanks, Mom, yeah. This last one's from at uh, Alyssa DeFonte. She says, I texted my mom telling her, I love you. All I got back in return was, okay. Good morning and welcome to Life Church. I'm Aaron Cole, the senior pastor, and thank you for joining us on this concluding uh, sermon of this series called Parental Guidance. And as we get ready to get into this, would you at the Germantown campus help me welcome the Appleton campus, the online campus, and the West campus this morning? If you are new to Life Church, we're one church, multiple locations, and so we have campuses uh, meeting right now in the Pewaukee Brookfield area uh, along the 94 corridor uh, on the western suburbs uh, here at Germantown, and then also in Appleton. If you have family and friends in Appleton, we're doing a grand opening next weekend, and you can just go to lifechurchwi.com, and it'll go to a splash page, which allows you to click right onto Appleton and give you all the information, but we would love for you, any of your family or friends that live in the Appleton area, uh, to be a part of what's happening at Life Church in Appleton. And so that's taking off very, very well. And again, our grand opening for that is next weekend. We've been meeting for a few months, but it's really, really doing well. So way to go, uh, Jeff uh, Coggins there in Appleton. And uh, today we are uh, finishing, like I said, our series on parental guidance. And I hope this has been of help to you today, uh, or this, this month. And Today's message is going to probably be the most practical, um, uh, just really 
here's how to applicational type of a message because I think it's important. Uh, what I think we're going to talk about this morning is going to hopefully start discussions with you, uh, make you mindful. Uh, some of you are going to know what we're talking about. Some of you are going to be completely oblivious. About 60 to 80 percent of you are going to have some type of what I would call court presence on the issue, but it's something that we all need to look at, especially when we're talking about raising godly kids and developing young men and women uh, really to do what God's called them to do in their life. And we as moms and dads have been given that, that responsibility. All these messages are online, including today's message. So you go to lifechurchwi.com or you go to the Life Church app. You can download those. They're completely free just to be there to help you and to resource you. Um, but today, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn me to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. I'm going to get there in just a minute. And, uh, but I, I want to begin with, uh, with, with a verse that I'm not going to ask you to turn to. Uh, but you, if you want to write it down in a second, you can, but, but, because I'm really getting to James. I'm talking today about the pitfalls of technology and, um, and, and how quickly advancing technology and media is, is, is emerging in our culture. Not about the ills of it, although there are some major ills. I'm not anti-technology at all. Uh, matter of fact, probably this church, this is the largest broadcast facility in Washington County. It's one of the largest broadcast, live broadcast facilities in the entire southeastern Wisconsin area. Because everything that happens out of the Germantown Auditorium, it's being streamed live uh, in, in HD and uh, anywhere. Uh, and so, so we're, we're huge believers in leveraging technology. What I do think we need to do is be mindful. And uh, there's a verse uh, in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, where the Bible says, Be sober-minded and be watchful. You, your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. And I think that we need to be mindful. We need to be watchful. Why? Because the Bible says that we should. And, and it likens the enemy of your soul and my soul, Satan himself, as a roaring lion going, being on the prowl. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen a lion, and I'm not talking about at the Milwaukee Zoo. Well, that's pretty cool. But like be like uh, in, an, in an environment where it's a natural habitat, where you're actually seeing uh, a lion on a prowl or a pride of lion uh, on, on, the, on the prowl. It's, it's an amazing thing. The very first time I saw this, I was in the Masamara, just south of Nairobi. And we were there in an open land rover. It was my first time to go on safari. And if you ever have a chance to go to safari, I'm telling you, probably one of the top five highlights of travel in, in my life to be able to, it's just amazing. It's hard to put it into words. Beautiful country, beautiful area. Africa is an incredibly awesome place to go to. I mean, an incredibly awesome place. And so we were there and seeing this pride of lion that had just taken down this huge water buffalo. And there were 21 when you counted the cubs and the males and the females and all of this. And just seeing this activity, watching how, because, you know, as you're driving from the, from the, uh, the camp and you're driving out, you know, you see the gazelles and you see the herds of water buffalo and you see, I mean, all the antelope. You see, you see all types of creatures that are just going, but... The lion, nothing messes with the lion. It, it, and the lion is probably one of the laziest creatures out there until he gets hungry, and then he goes on the prowl looking for prey. And when he looks for prey, he looks, typically looks for a herd in which he will find the youngest, which would equate to the weakest link that's there, and he will pounce on that. 
And that's exactly how the Bible says that the enemy of your soul and my soul is. In our own lives as adults, he looks for the weakest link in our life and he pounces on it. We're all flawed humanity. None of us, myself included, are righteous. None of us. None of us are perfect. None of us have attained that. None of us. Your sweet great-grandmother, God rest her soul, was not perfect. I know it's hard for some of you to imagine. I'm just telling you, we're all flawed with this thing called sin. But so the enemy of our soul goes about, Peter says, looking to devour us. And the way in which this happens most of the time is through our desires. It's through our interests. It's through our even curiosities, which in and of themselves may be completely benign. But he will take those and exploit those in order to destroy us. That's why I wanted you to turn to James chapter 1. Verse number 13, the Bible says, Let no one say when he is tempted, I'm being tempted of God. Why? Glad you asked. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. So temptation doesn't come from God. Where does it come from? Verse 14. Each person is tempted when he or she is lured or enticed by their own desire. Then the desire, when it's conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's full grown, gives birth to death. It tells you exactly how people crash and burn with sin in their life. It tells you exactly how you and I have the propensity to crash and burn. It's not God somewhere in the heavenlies trying to trip you up. But it's an adversary. It's Satan himself that's going about like a roaring lion, knowing your own weaknesses, knowing your own interests, knowing your own dark side and even some dark desires. And he begins to exploit those things. And so... The question when we're talking about the subject today of protecting our kids and navigating as parents through the pitfalls and the terrain of technology is what are the desires? What, how does this work with our kids? Well, kids, students especially, and that's a lot of what we're really going after, uh, are um, they're social before they're spiritual. If you have a middle schooler, they're very social. High schoolers, extremely social. Not with you, moms and dads, because... Yeah, you're a loser. Uh, at least so they think, right? Anybody else in that world? Okay, yeah. I'll show you, loser. That's what I think. But anyhow, and I, I, I have a middle schooler and a high schooler. And so uh, very social, very social. Matter of fact, for the last three Friday nights, thank God, my wife and I have had the night off without having to pay for a babysitter. And for those of you that, because my kids are gone, hanging out with friends or working or doing something, and it's just like, huh. Ah. We don't even know what to do with ourselves. I mean, we've gone to, like, KFC on Friday night. Who does that? We have. And, uh, you know, it's just stuff like we were were walking the halls at Sears the other day. Just, Tammy, it's Friday night, and we are at Sears. I hope nobody sees us. You know, it's that kind of stuff. But this is new territory. And so if those of you that have elementary-age kids, that the only time you get free from them is when you have to pay somebody to come watch them, think about that for a second, then, you know, Come on. If, if, all right, that's a whole other message for a whole other day. So anyway, oh, I love my kids. I just love to see them go. And so <laughs> just tease them. But anyhow, and so the reality is, is they're social before they're spiritual. And so what do you think the enemy's going to try to do with your kids and my kids? He's going to try to exploit even completely pure and innocent curiosities and, and interests and even desires, and it will show up in technology. That's why they call it social media. Because it's the way in which most of millennials and younger are connecting and tethered with each other. So what I want to do today is I want to talk very heavily on the applicational side of how do we as parents, as godly moms and dads, how do we apply 
in the arena of social media, all that we've been talking about the last couple of weeks. So I'm going to invite to the stage my wife, Tammy, who's going to, we're going to tag team on this, because quite frankly, she is much more technologically savvy, smarter, more brilliant on this subject than I am. I'm constantly going, Tammy, can you come and help me? Uh, my game is not on the TV, and I have no idea how to do it. Tammy, the Wi-Fi is down. Can you call someone, fix this? I've got to... So, yeah, this is welcome to my world. So would you give a warm Life Church welcome to my wife, Tammy, as she comes out? Good morning. Good, good morning to you. How are you? I'm great. Good. Good, 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 good. I have a microphone so I can talk about it. I you know. know. You can say things now. I can. What do I want to say? Just be what careful. What should I Here tell? The, the Germantown campus, in this area, I've got a couple people that are really, in that area, I can hear a couple of, oh, when I'm, like, busting on the kids. So we've got to be nice in that area. <laughs> They're kids. They're resilient. Okay, they good. It. All right. Well, let's start today, and we're talking, you know what we're talking about. Talk to me, because you're, you're really the techno mom. I mean, you, you keep up with this in a huge way in our household and all of that. And what are some popular social media platforms that kids today are involving themselves with and, and navigating through? Okay, I first want to start out by saying that um, if you're a student out there today, I want you to take a deep breath with me. Now exhale. I'm not here to run your life. Oh, yes, she is. No, yes, I'm not. Is. No, I'm not. Um, and second is <laughs> I am not a helicopter mom. No. I'm a mom. No. I am here. My job is to teach and train and protect and guide what God has given us, our girls. And as a parent, as a mom, that's our main responsibility. So I hope you get my heart today that I'm here to help you maybe learn something you did not know before um, and how to protect and guide your student today. So can you ask the question again? I'm okay, sorry. the question again is talk to us about different popular social media platforms. Okay, okay. Um, immediately, if you're an adult in this room, your mind went to, oh, I am so cool. I know what's going on. I have Twitter and I have Facebook. And I want to tell you, no, you're not. Yeah. You're not cool. Um, those are web-based, and your student has not been on a web-based social media platform when you got on it. They got off. Yeah. And then when grandma and grandpa got on, yeah. they were like, oh, heck no. Yeah, my mom's watching right now. Mom, it's no longer cool yeah, no. at all. When grandma likes photos of yours and comments, <laughs> oh, my word. That is, you just went to a whole new level of, I cannot believe my life has got to this point. It's runt. Socially, I am an outcast. So that is, that's not it anymore. What they are on, your student is on, is called app-based. So we're talking about Instagram, Flipagram, Snapchat, Vines, Kick, Ask FM, um, Backchat, Whisper, Glide. They're on, and you're thinking, oh my word, she just listed like nine apps. What? And I'm telling you, that is like, the smallest little nibble of what's out there. You can ask your student, how many apps do you have on your phone, your iPod? And they'll go, oh, 30, 40, 50. And so you can see that little number that I just rattled off to you is small. They are on all kinds of stuff. And um, so you thought you were cool. <laughs> not so much. <laughs> okay, so we're, we're not trying to say that, that social media is bad or texting or technology or whatever. It's very much part of the world that we live in. 
but there's a lot of abuses. So what are the most common types of social media abuse, especially when we're dealing with our kids? Okay. Um, I'm going to, there's a lot, and I'm just going to hit a few. So don't think that I just covered everything. But with Instagram, I love Instagram. I've been on Instagram for about three years. I think it's awesome. It's the greatest. It's so much fun. Um, but if you have a student that is on Instagram, I want to warn you, what you need to do is lock their account. Please make sure their account is locked. That way, they have to ask. Somebody has to ask to look at their photos. Um, if they're not locked, then anybody out there around the world, there's like 140 million or 900, I can't remember, some crazy million number of people that are on Instagram. And they can look at your student and all that they have posted. So the selfie in the bedroom, ugh, they're getting to see that. So lock, make sure their account is locked. It's for your safety and theirs. And then in their bio, which can be seen by anybody, if the account is locked or not, the bio can be seen. Please make sure that their age, their school, um, their best friends, um, single Pringle, taken bacon, what their relationship status is, is not on there. I know you laugh, but these kids will put their whole life on their bio and um, because it's cool. So just monitor that. Make sure that they're not putting anything out that you wouldn't want a complete stranger to know about your student. Then um, the thing that scares me probably the most is geotagging. So if you have a device that has a phone on it, I mean a camera on it, so that could be your phone, that could be a camera, I don't know, does anybody actually use cameras anymore um, to take pictures? Um, not too much, but what it does is it embeds in each picture an address, map coordinates. So again, your student, 15-year-old, sweet, precious baby, has taken a selfie in their bedroom, and the geotagging has not been turned off on that device. They post it online. Now an offender, predator, whatever you want to call them, can go on. They know how to pull up that address, how to get that off of that picture. And then they can go and they can start, this is where she lives. She's blonde haired, blue eyed, exactly what I'm wanting. She's 15 years old, perfect. I'm going to start stalking her. And then they start monitoring and there you are. You're in a situation where your house has been exposed. So please, 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 please turn off the geotagging, yeah. geotracking on your phone. We're going to show you how to do that. And especially like, you know, if they're just saying, hey, because kids just say everything. You know, I'm at home by myself right now, or <laughs> I'm at McDonald's waiting for my mom and dad who, you know. Well, they, they monitor, they, they watch, because these kids post pictures of right. every little thing they do. It's like an online diary. It, yes, very and much so, is an online journal. Except everybody mm -hmm. gets to see it. Everybody gets to see it. And then know where you live. And know where you live. And then there it goes. So you got to turn off the geotagging so or tracking. You're going to, if, I'm sorry, all I know is Apple. Um, so go to, <laughs> yeah. Come on, people, get with Apple. Let's do this all together. Um, you're going to go to settings, and then you're going to go to general, restrictions, and then everything that's green, just make it not green anymore. <laughs> just turn it off, and then pass lock it. Um, put a passcode on it. That way, as my Ava said this morning, our friend tried to go in and change it on her iPod, but I had it passcoded, so it couldn't be done. So these kids are smart. Yeah. So Pass lock it wherever you keep the passwords and usernames of your students 
apps that they are on, which you should be doing, I hope, right, mom and dad? Um, put that with it so that you know and you can control that and monitor that. Then I'm going to talk about Snapchat. Um, Snapchat is not evil, um, but it can be if you don't know who your child or your student is Snapchatting with. So you have to be careful. They don't think that, um, the thing with Snapchat is whatever picture or snap is taken is erased. They think it's erased. Um, but what they don't seem to understand is, or they forget because of the moment, is this lovely thing called a screenshot. And these kids can screenshot, if, even if the timer is like a second or two seconds, these kids are fast. I'm telling you, fast. And then whatever your student has sent, what they think is private or is going to be erased, is then screenshot and then sent out to everybody. So it's not private, it's not erased. It's in some server somewhere too in Canada where the police cannot get to it to help prosecute if it really gets bad. So then I wanna talk about hashtags. Everybody knows about hashtags. Thank you, Jimmy Fallon, for talking about hashtags. Um, hashtags make your photo, what you think is private um, or is on your site that's locked, not private. So it takes it and it puts it out there. So when you do hashtag selfie, um, it becomes a part of this group or this collection of all photos that are hashtagged selfie. So your student can go on, click on the hashtag selfie, and then go and see this massive group of photos. What you don't know is, is that Joe Schmo in Dublin, Ireland has just posted a nude selfie and your child just saw that when they pulled that up. There's no guidelines or perimeters or parent control to stop that. So that's where you have to be careful. You have to teach your child about the hashtags, about when they go on to look in the collection of whatever that hashtag is. Popular hashtags um, that you may not know about that you'll wanna look and watch and see if your student is doing is um, hashtag selfie, hashtag to be honest, which can be nice and can also be very, very evil. Um, hashtag MCM, Man Crush Monday, my Man Crush Monday. Um, then hashtag WCW. Woman Crush Wednesday. Whoop, whoop. And then um, you have hashtag GF. I'm learning all this, people. I don't know any of this. So, so hashtag GF, BF, girlfriend, boyfriend. And then hashtag, which this is so funny, I had to explain this to the whole CC department on Thursday. Um, Biffle, BFFL. They were like, what? And I'm like, that's the opposite sex best friend. So Ava has a Biffle, and she's on her phone right now, or her little iPod. Probably, um, Better be taking notes of the sermon. <laughs> <laughs> She's hashtagging and probably took a picture of us and then posting on Instagram. Um, so, you want to do a selfie? No. Yeah, let's do a selfie. Come on. No. It's hashtag selfie Sunday. So, you have to take one. Come on. Oh, we can joy. post it. It's going to be awesome. Here we go. One, two, three. This no. is as good as it's going to get. It is as good as. No, it's just taking forever because everybody's now. See, there we on. go. No, we take a picture of them. I know. We have to turn the okay, camera. Okay, here we go. Oh, my God. Skinny goodness. lens. Skinny lens. There we go. Yeah. That's good. Okay. Okay, yay. See, that's what, and it just keeps going and going and going. And so you're telling them that's okay to do that during service? No. It's better than the guy sleeping over here, though. Probably. Right? I'm just. Teasing. Or the kids playing on their iPods. Um, right. We're watching you. Then I want to talk about the apps that scare me. Um, oh, this stuff hasn't scared you at this point? Oh, no, 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 no. Okay. 
No, no, no. I had somebody this, yesterday say, I'm moving to a farm. I'm just going to move to a farm, and we're totally going you off can, the grid If you have Wi-Fi, though, your kid is still going to be on. Um, it's the anonymous apps. The apps where these kids can post questions and comments um, without having their identity known. Those are, and there's more than this, but these are the most popular ones, Kick, Ask FM, Backchat, and Whisper. These are the ones where um, cyberbullying is taking place. Um, the sexual um, deviance and conversations can happen um, anonymously, and abuse starts to happen, and it can get out of hand fast. And if your student doesn't know how to respond or to handle or to, to navigate this because you have not communicated with them or taught them, then this is where, um, in Europe, it's really bad right now. Um, that suicide rate is up because of the cyberbullying. So please, 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 please know the maturity level of your student before you let them have these anonymous type apps. It can get out of hand super fast. Now I'm gonna talk about, I'm gonna bring up a word that is probably gonna make your heart rate go through the roof and you're gonna start sweating mom and dad, and that's sexting. Um, see, it just did, you went <gasps> Sexting. Um, it's amazing to me that parents, your fear of the word, but yet you won't talk to your student about what that is and your expectations and what they should and should not do. Sit down, have a conversation. You're going, but it's awkward. Yeah, it's awkward. It's going to be even more awkward when the police show up at your house. Right. So come on, talk, talk, talk to your student about it. If your student has two cell phones, the cell phone that you have given them, graciously paying for monthly for them, and then another one that you don't know where it came from, and you're like, who gave me that phone? And they're like, oh, my best friend, or you know, my boyfriend, or my girlfriend, or whatever. That's the phone that you need to take away immediately. Go look at it, see what's going on, or ask them if you're really into your student having my students need their privacy. Well, then ask them, if I look at this phone, am I going to find conversations, pictures that I would freak out about? And they look at you like a deer in headlights. You probably have sexting going on. It's now considered common or a part of a relationship or a would-be relationship. So I'm going to give you some stats that um, are probably going to make you want to cry. 20% um, of teens sext or have sexed. Um, then you're going to break it down. 22% of that is girls. 18% of that is boys. And then the number that makes me want to cry is 11% of girls ages 13 to 16. That age group is where, for girls, is the largest spike in sexual abuse that happens. So they are sending out these texts not really even knowing what they're doing to the boyfriend, and the boyfriend or the would-be boyfriend, or they're hopeful, please. Um, and these boys are taking it as a green light. And you really, really, really need to sit down and talk to your student. Please let them know what the dangers are with sexting. Texting is, um, I'm going to give you a number on this as well, and I think this number is so low, it's not even funny. Um, but it's the highest number that I could find. One out of three students send 3,000 texts a month. 
I would beg to differ if your plan, your family plan, your student's plan, if they have an Apple iPod device where they can send text, I would say it's probably 3,000 a week. Um, this is how they talk. This is how they communicate. This right. is how it just, their world is all evolved around that little, little machine and they're just texting on their iPods, iPads, phones. You think, oh, my baby's not doing that. Oh, yes, they are. Yeah, they're texting. They're talking to all of their friends. So, yeah, that's, that's my major. <laughs> and and just, just so you know, because I think sometimes there's, when we're having a conversation like this in church, which is why I think it's important to have this, is that most Christian parents think this isn't my kids. And uh, I even had conversations this week with parents who said, you know, there's, there's two things. Well, one, I send my kids to Christian school. <laughs> Seriously? I mean, like, they're living on the same planet with everybody else. So, and I'm not anti-Christian school or homeschool, but you can't protect that. And even if you try, uh, we both went to a private Christian college. Uh, kids that were so overly protected to the point of, of not even being exposed to anything in the world were hell on wheels freshman year. Mm -hmm. Most of the kids didn't make it to their sophomore year because they had never had freedom before. And so we're not advocating that you take away freedom. We're just saying be guidelines and guardrails to help navigate through this. Second thing I'd like to say too is, is, um, is a statistic that uh, we don't have on the screen, but the average age in America that a child across the board sees pornography for the first time uh, is introduced to it, is between eight and a half and ten. If you haven't had a conversation mm. by the age a child is ten years of age about s just some basic sexual, I mean, again, God created sex, so sex in and of itself is not bad. It's a perversion of that that, that goes into the deviancy that causes issues and, and, and the problems in our culture and the world in which we live in, and has since the beginning of time. Uh, but the reality is, is that's when they're being exposed to it. And so some, and here's the comment, well, not in our house. We have this filter, this filter, this filter. But you're not filtering your kids from the world. They don't live in a bubble, right, literally. And so the reality is that some kid that doesn't have that, that, they're, that they have access and they show them, hey, check this out. Or it's like Timmy said, it's sent. All of a sudden they're there. You're just going along on Twitter and you're looking at Twitter followers from somebody and all of a sudden it's just, it's all right there. And so, uh, so from very provocative, explicit language to just complete nudes to just straight up hardcore porn that's just available, that's out there and, uh, and readily accessible, even with some of these controls. So it's important just to have these conversations. And that's a reason why as a pastor, and as pastors, we're having this conversation here because I don't think, I think sometimes we think that we're exempt because we're in the church and we're not. Our kids are still in this world. We just don't want them to be of this world. So how do we do that? We have conversations like this today. So let, let's continue on, Timmy. Uh, talk about then the importance of parents taking an active role in social media, kind of where the lines with it comes to technology, you know, all this and that. Sure. Um, just as you would not give your 16-year-old student the keys to a car without them having gone through proper instruction, driver's ed, you being in the car with them, teaching them how to operate and use this vehicle. It's the same thing with social media. I think we give these to our kids at age two and three, and we're saying, here's the new babysitter. Here's the babysitter on the go. And they know how to operate, and they know how to use these things better than we do. So teach them, teach them, start teaching them as soon as you think they're able to have this device, how to properly navigate and use it. 
what's appropriate, what's not appropriate. Set up boundaries. If you don't, they're going to go crazy. And I think that's kind of the backlash of what's happening now. We sat in the CC meeting on Thursday, and Pastor Ryan said, I think there's going to be a turn in this, and that people are going to be like, no, no, it's got to change, it's got to change. And I'm like, no, our kids, this is all they know. This is all they've had. It would have been like saying, we're going to take away TV Sonny to our Wal generation. Sonny Watman's, right? Yeah, so it's, yeah. it's not going away. So you have to teach them how to navigate and how to use it properly. Um, one of the other dangers, I think, is these kids now have a boldness that they've never had before because they're behind a screen. They're saying things, doing things. They're becoming socially underdeveloped. Um, it's, it's going to be very interesting to see how these kids do in job interviews, one-on-one -on -one conversations right. with adults, um, because they don't know. We're not teaching them how to have right. conversations with people that you can't say. Don't say that. You can't say that. Don't, if you wouldn't say that to their face, don't type it. And the problem, it. And the problem is, is the world in which we live in, this mm -hmm. is all going to become more emboldened and more brazen. So you think that the push from secular media is out there to uh, kind of put uh, this whole, uh, what we would consider to be a very sinful lifestyle in front of us. It's going to just escalate because they're putting things online, pictures, whatever, and they're doing it in what they think is in secret, but really mm -hmm. actually it's on a worldwide stage. And so then it makes them way more uh, aggressive, right. uh, way more emboldened, uh, young men and, and so forth and so on, even with young ladies and that kind of a deal and where the lines were. Even young ladies with young men. Yeah, it's, it's, it's becoming very rampant that way. Yeah. So talk about what do you recommend when it comes to monitoring? How do we do this socially with the social media technology? Now, this is where you think I'm going to run your life, but I'm not. So parents, please listen to me. Ava is in sixth grade, and um, this is back in the August, September. On her iPod and on her phone, she knows that she turns that into me um, every night, and that I can go through and I can check, that we go through and we check together. Um, on her iPod, you can actually, or their phone, their iPhone, you can have. But she does not have an iPhone. No, she has an iPod. Right. She right, has right. a track phone. I just want to make that clear. Phone. Yeah, 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 we got a track phone that only goes to soccer practice and to overnight events that we get back. Right, or we, school functions. We commandeer. So she yes. doesn't live with a cell phone in her house. That's my, one of my things. If you don't need. If you're not oh, that far away from me, you don't you don't need that. Nor am I going to pay for that. I just thought I'd tell you that. Okay, thanks. That's thanks Jerry for that Cole tidbit. coming out yeah, right there. Thanks I'm for just that. Dropping FYI. It right there. Okay. All right. Um. Now. Because I am going to I am going to ruin their life. So yeah. you're talking about oh, how it's oh, yeah. monitoring, okay. right? Yeah. I'm like, oh my word. Here Her job go. is not to. My job is to. Right. Especially a dad of two girls. I just used to think that polishing my shotguns would work, and yeah, I continue to do that. Yes, but that is not all that you need. Expanded my collection, but anyhow. You need to go to Target practice with me, though. Yeah, it's I do. been a while. Um, see, poor see Anna and Ava, they have both parents that laugh guns. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. they're in super bad trouble. Um, sorry. Sorry. Okay, go ahead. Um, so what you can do is, if your student has an iPod or an iPhone, you can have their texts, what they send and what they receive, sent to your phone, to your iPhone. Um, now, and every student just went, oh, my oh. God. 
But your let, life listen, is over. But listen, 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 listen. She's in sixth grade. That's right. She's still the baby. She's the baby. We're doing, I wanted to do this just for a period of time, just to help her learn, help her navigate, help her understand. Now, I was ready after Christmas break to take it off. She's the one that was like, no, please, I need help. I'm no, still not ready. No, stay on there until she's in senior high school, I think. <laughs> not. Because the, the bad side to that, let me warn you, parents, is, is whatever text you send and receive also goes to their iPod. So, um, yeah, you have to be careful what you say and let everybody know what you send me is going to go to my child's device. Now, you can go and you can delete all of that before your child sees it, but still, just be careful. Um, but if your child's 16, come on, do not set that up for you to be receiving their text. That is, you're going to be so hated in your house. By so now, there's a balance. Yeah, come on, parents, right? Okay. right? Um, don't, don't do that. Unless they have broken the trust factor with you. Sexting has gone on. Um, they're, they've got multiple phones or something's going, you know, where the trust has been broken or there's an issue there that you need to rein them back in for a set time. Do not do this forever. Your right. kid will hate you for life. We're going to show you how to do this. Um, you're going to go to settings. Again, Apple, sorry. I'm sure it's somewhat close in something, whatever phone that you have. Settings, messages, send and receive. Um, Put your phone number, their phone number, their email, whatever situation that you have going on. Um, make yourself aware. Knowledge is key when it comes to social media and your child. There's an app called um, Life360. I think they have a picture of it, yeah. Um, it can be as crazy as you set up a perimeter, and if your student goes out of that perimeter, that your phone will start Bing, ping, ping, ping. It's a little bit like prison. It's a little scary, like the little bracelet that they have to wear, you know. I, it's like the harnesses ooh. that you see people with at Disney World. Yeah. And you would say, I would never do that. And then you, you have a two-year-old, yeah, yeah, and you're like, Woo. So, uh, you know, <laughs> research it. I'm not saying, you know, it's going to work for your family. It's just an option. It's an option, something to look at. What are some other things? Um, then if you have Twitter, there's this... Um, great person that you can follow called at spy parent he gives great tips um the newest latest app whatever's going on legally he can give you all kinds of information follow them know your students usernames and passwords again this should be something an easy conversation that you have this should not be like give me your ipod what's going on what's on with your phone i want to you change your passwords you know i feel like I just think it's funny that since you've been talking, we've been getting I, some texts from Ava's friends about going snowboarding. So, Anyhow, well, you sorry. know, what do you do? Um, so, it just know, be in the know, be knowledgeable. Again, we have compiled a list of um, websites for you, resources for you, and that's going to be available at lifechurchwi.com/studentlife. Go on there, research, figure this out. You know your family best. You right. know your student right. best. If you're a student and you have a great relationship, Ava and I have an incredible relationship. We're very open. And um, she comes to me. I'm not fearful of her. But if you have a kid that you're trying to rein in, maybe you need to become more knowledgeable. Um, and then 
Pastor Noel Miller has set up for you on the Family Fusion event Saturday, April yeah. 5th. Which all of you um, have a card that you received when you came in. She, this is what Tammy's talking about. Officer Tony Olson, who is at the Germantown High School, is incredible. I listened to her presentation. It is awesome. Please, 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 please go. If you have a student, fifth grade on, you need to go and listen. She has a great presentation that you'll learn a lot, a lot from. Okay, so all this can be really overwhelming. So let's just kind of wrap this up and, and uh, just give a little bit of advice kind of in closing before we pray. Sure. I hope that um, you have seen that I am not a helicopter mom, but my goal is to teach and train. Teach and train my girls how to navigate, how to live in this world of social media, and not to shelter them, but to keep them so they don't become exposed to things that they don't want to be exposed to. Um, there's a trust issue that goes on. Know your student, trust them, give them the ability to make mistakes. Now is the right. time to make That's mistakes good. while they're at home with you. So you can help navigate that. You can help work that through with them. When they're out on their own and they're making those mistakes, the, the price you pay is much higher than if they're at home now with you. Trust and teach and train your student. Um, as a Christ follower, you should not live in fear. Um, you should have faith. You should know that he has given you these gifts. These children are here. They're for you to teach and to train. Um, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. So social media, I think you may be sitting there today going, this is a weapon, and he is out to steal my baby. Yeah, but it's life. We all live this. We all have to learn to navigate this. So do not live in fear. Do not parent out of fear. Do not parent... Um, with um, fear in your heart and in your mind, constantly worrying about them. Um, if you have to do correction, do it to the heart, not to the action. Know your student. Teach your student who they are, who's their identity in. It's not in social media. It's not in how many followers they have or how many people have liked a certain photo of theirs. Their identity is in him, is in Christ. Teach them that. Help your student know who they are. Yeah, it's good. Very good. And I, I want to say one other thing, and, and then I'm going to tell me I'm going to have you pray over all of us as parents. And that is, you know, we've talked a lot about uh, our youngest, uh, um, and kind of using it as an example, and we got permission ahead of time to do that. But the deal is, is that here, here's the reality, and we've learned this in youth ministry. Mm -hmm. That middle school age is the most critical age that you're dealing yes. with this. Because when they went from elementary to middle school, junior high, whatever that happens for you, that's when all of a sudden it's like everything really ramps up and they become exposed. And if they can navigate that 6th, 7th, 8th grade years, and they navigate that correctly with friendships and relationships with you, mom and dad, 9th, 10th, 11th, and 12th, it's a whole lot more empowering and freeing. And that's the reason why we have a, uh, uh, our oldest is in that, that age group, the sophomore high school and so we've navigated that in the middle school years so that, so that that presence there, we don't do these things with her because uh, we've walked through this and right. developed trust in those areas. And so... And um, the maturity level is higher. Right. And so, and so because you kind of understand that. So I think it's really critical to understand that too, that it's age appropriate. Mm -hmm. But sometimes we look at our children and we just think, wow, they're so little. There's no way they're dealing with this. I'm telling you, they're dealing with it. Have the conversations. 
talk about it, deal with it. That's why we're talking about it today. You know, somebody said yesterday, I got a comment that said, uh, said, yeah, great. I thought I was coming to church and I show up for an Oprah Winfrey program. And, uh, and, and the reality is, is that we need to talk about this because this is what it means applicationally to teach and train our children uh, to be young men and women of God that when they're old, they won't depart from it. I grew up in church where we were told what to do, but not how to do anything. Mm -hmm. And I think that we're in a day and age where we need to talk about how to do basic things and how to do certain things. And this landscape is changing. So we want to pray for you. And I'm going to ask Tammy to pray over all of us as parents that we do what all of us want to do. And that is just to honor God and our families and our homes and our marriages and that our kids, the greatest ambition for their life would be to serve Jesus. So will you bow your heads with me at Germantown Campus, West Campus, Appleton Campus and online and let's pray together. Father, we come, we come before you today and we just ask as parents for your help. Help us not to become weary in doing well, but to keep fighting for the gifts that you have given us. They are so very precious in your sight and our responsibility is so great. Holy Spirit, give us wisdom beyond ourselves and how best to teach and train our students. We lean on you for, for guidance and, and direction. Do not let us parent out of fear, but out of a deep love. For we know that you are our ever-present help in time of need. So please help us develop your gifts, your children, into what you created them to yes, be. God. Jesus, we ask all of this in your precious name. Amen. Amen.